Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Lord Jesus, you know the word that God has for us today is, you know, for those of us that checked online, it's in spite of the pain. You know, but there's a finishing statement to that. In spite of the pain, be thankful. In spite of the pain, be thankful. Be thankful. You know, and when the Spirit of God gave me this, this, this topic to share or this, this message to share, I was like, how? Oh, like, what do you have for your people, Lord? Because this is so broad and so, so deep and so, so loaded. You know, but I feel that um, God is, is taught, teaching us, preparing us, helping us. You know, that we'll get to a point where <laughs> we're trials, where troubles, where pain will not affect, <laughs> will not affect quote and unquote our relationship with God, will not affect our lives the way the world, you know, experiences it. The, the, we'll get to that point where in the spite of the pain, in spite of the troubles, we'll be able to see clearly, we'll be able to respond and stop reacting in the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, the Passion Translation says, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. He says, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. These words in the scripture, what are they for? It's for we believers, children of God. He says, in spite of everything, in the midst of everything, be thankful. You know, the, the message translation says, thank God no matter what happens. Thank God no matter what happens. It says, this is the way God wants you to be. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. How does God want us to live? That we should thank God no matter what happens. Today is Thanksgiving Sunday. And I know while a lot of us are rejoicing and happy, there may be one or two people that are like, why will I thank God? This, 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 this are my challenges. Even if you are not there today, you will have been there before. Even if you've not been there before, a time will come. It always happens once in a while. We are, it's a time of pain. You know, and God is saying to you today that in spite of the situation, irrespective of what you are going through, be thankful. And the way the Spirit of God wants us to share today is to look at two types of pain. We are going to be looking at two types of pain. Two types of pain. And I pray the Spirit of God will help us to break it. There's something God is doing today. Not only are we being thankful in spite of the pain, while, you know, while we show the gratitude, healing is going to take place. In the name of Jesus. While God is working on your heart, He's healing you. For a lot of us, you are going to get healed today. Your heart will be healed. A lot of us have, you know, we've gone through some kind of pain or we are going through some kind of pain and... I'm hoping by the grace of God that we can cover everyone. Even if it seems your pain was not captured, God sees you. God knows you. I pray that as the word goes forth and heals our heart, that the word of God itself will touch you in the name of Jesus. So the two types of pain we are going to be looking at today, the first one, you know, the funny thing is when the Spirit of God gave me that word, I was like, what a word, you know, but apparently it exists. It exists. Like, I, I did some checkup on it and it actually exists. The first one is circumstantial pain circumstantial pain. 
circumstantial pain. I, I chose this first one. There are two. I will tell you the second one is a bit loaded, but let's start with this one. What is circumstantial pain? This is pain that is caused by circumstances. It's nothing. It does, it's not caused by people. It's not caused by you. It's just your situation. Who are the kind of people that experience this pain? Or how, how, can we, how can we bring it home? People that lose a loved one. Losing a loved one is a circumstantial pain. It's beyond your control. It's not like anyone did anything to you. Losing a loved one is circumstantial pain. Sickness is circumstantial pain. You know, except for those that someone planted the sickness in their lives. Maybe, you know, you know what I'm saying. But a lot of times, because you don't even know the people, it's circumstantial. Sickness is circumstantial pain. You know, um, childlessness, circumstantial pain. Joblessness, circumstantial pain. You know, um, failure. I mean, on and on and on like that. Things that are beyond our control. Things that the kind of pain we feel, you know, based on circumstances. A lot of times, it seems we cannot help ourselves. You know, so we're going to be looking at the scriptures briefly and look at who are the people. Are there people in the Bible that had, that experienced circumstantial pain? Pain that, you know, wasn't by their doing. It's just their circumstance. An example is the man called Blind Bartimaeus. We all know the story of the guy who was sitting by the roadside. I mean, if you want to make reference to the scripture, it's in Mark chapter 10, 46 to 52. You know what happened in that story? You know, the Bible says, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, let's just quickly take it as a part I want to point out there. And a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, son of Timion, sat by the highway side begging. Go on. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Go on. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Let's go on. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he called thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind, man, the blind man said to him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Now the response of Jesus, I mean, I'm just, and Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith had made thee whole. We'll come back to that statement. And immediately received the sight and followed Jesus in the way. What, in what area did he deploy his faith? He says, go thy way. Thy faith. There were two actions he took. One was calling on Jesus. One was when Jesus called him and said, what may I do for you? So which of them is the faith? He said, both. God bless you. Both. I just want us to break it down well and think it through. Both calling on Jesus. When Jesus beckoned unto him, he could have said, can you give me arms? I need money. He could have said, can I begin to walk with you? He could have asked for anything. But he says, ah, that I may see. I pray in the name of Jesus that in this season, God himself will activate your faith. I don't know how you need to call upon Jesus. But one thing I know is that it starts with the heart of gratitude. If Bartimaeus, where he had been, had been moping, had been angry at everybody, he probably would not have heard. No one would have told him that Jesus was passing. Imagine that Bartimaeus was, was a bitter soul and someone that was always angry with everyone. Who would have gone to tell him that the master is passing? 
Or even if he heard that someone was passing and he called, sorry, who, who will have answered him? Hallelujah. Gratitude in spite of pain. Why should we be grateful? We know God has a plan. We know God had a, Go look at it. I mean, there, is there anyone Jesus came to and left like that? None. None. Your story is not going to remain like that. The Bible says, even though weeping may endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. I repeat in the name of Jesus, this is your morning. As you show, give gratitude to God and thank him in spite of the pain. It will bring a testimony out of that test. In the mighty name of Jesus. Another example is Anna. <laughs> Another example is Anna. We know the story of Anna. We don't need to go through it. You can read it in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Anna. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine being Anna. Because you are married. You are in a home with the other wife. That one has children. And she doesn't stop there. She's not even encouraging you. She's mocking you. So Anna's own was a mix of circumstantial pain and the second one we'll talk about. So the woman kept peppering Anna. And then Elkanah was doing his best as the husband. Saying, am I not, you know, I'm the, don't, we don't need to have a child. I love you. I will be there for you. But this woman went to God. She won't have any of it. She cried to God. Now, there's something I want you to know. There's a testimony Pastor Femi shared one time. And it's so funny because I think I even noticed it the season the thing was happening. About a family, a lady, one of the ladies in Nigeria, an headquarters in Nigeria. God has blessed this woman with, I think, one, one boy. Okay, so she had three girls. She wanted a boy. I guess it's because of the part of um, where she is from. It means a lot to them there. You know, so she really wanted a boy. So she, she came to pray, pray, pray. Then God gave her, what are the fourth child or third child? You don't know, do you know the person I'm talking about? I don't know if it was the fourth child or third child. I know the person. I think it was the fourth, fourth child, yes. So she got a boy. And they rejoiced. Everybody, you know, they were so happy. And as this boy was growing up, this woman came back. She says, she went to meet Pastor. <laughs> he said, said Papi, I'm trusting God for another boy. <laughs> Pastor, he said, <laughs> Pastor, he said that. And she brought a seed. She must have said, Papi, I'm trusting God for another boy. I was like, what kind of covetous? Like, you know, in his mind, we're like, what's wrong with you? There are people that are, are looking for one. You, you have God has blessed you with four. And you, the, way, the man was desperate, like someone that never had a child. She said, I need, I want. My brother and my sister, I'm not joking, no. This woman gave birth to the second, I'm not joking, to the fifth boy. The fifth child, sorry, fifth child. Who was the boy? Fifth child. Who was the boy? And you know, when I, when I heard the woman's testimony, this woman's testimony, I remembered Anna. She got to the point where it wasn't, everything around her was, was not, no longer comfortable. She wanted something more. I pray in the name of Jesus that as we show our gratitude to God in spite of the pain. So what, what am I trying to bring out about Anna? A situation was circumstantial. God is the one that blesses with the fruit of the womb. You need to understand that. Now listen, let me clear something so that you guys understand. Let me just clarify it 100% so that you understand. God is the one that blesses with the fruit of the womb. Whether through enemies, surrogacy, whatever, the fact that that fruitus can be formed is God. Do you understand? So we don't mix it up. I'm just trying to encourage us to understand. Irrespective of the situation, the fact that that thing can come together and form a child, it is God. So irrespective of what the medical people call it, 
I know people that have gone for IVF 10 times and nothing. They did everything. They have money. They spent money. I shared testimony of my cousin. She and her husband, they had gone multiple times. God had blessed them. Nothing. But without IVF, God gave them three children. So who does it? God. If God had done it through IVF, it's still God. God is one. The Bible says that it, it takes the title scroll that when Elkanah and Anna went back home, Elkanah laid with, slept with Anna. And what did he say? He says, The Lord remembered that prayer. What does he tell you? God is one that gives. And because you're a child of God, listen, the Bible says He will not give you a temptation that's beyond your capacity, your power. God will come through. God knows. I don't know who is watching me today and he's saying, Lord, I, I feel like Anna. I, I, I need it desperately. Listen to me. God knows what you want. He will not withhold that goodness from you. In the name of Jesus. My point to you today is, in spite of that pain, be thankful. In your place of gratitude, in your place of living your life on and thanking God and trusting God, you will receive your testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, and you know, I mean, when you, when you look at Anna's prayer, you know, um, in First Samuel chapter 2, it is clear that ah, God had done something special for this woman. And it's a song, I want to try and get that song out. You know, it's a song we all sing very much. Do you remember First Samuel chapter 2? Yes. It says, it says, there is none only as the Lord, yes. And there is none besides thee, neither is there any rock like our God. I mean, if you go read Anna's prayer, it will minister to you. Just read the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2 and look at our prayer. Look at them. It says the Lord brings death and life. He takes down to the grave and raises up. To, raises up. The Lord, he makes poor, gives wealth, brings low, but also lifts up. God raises the poor from the dust. He lifts up the needy from the garbage pile. God sits them with officials, gives them seat of honor. From where? From the garbage pile. The pillars of earth belong to the Lord. He set the world on top of them. God guards the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked die in darkness because no one succeeds by strength alone. Because we are in God and because we trust God and we love God, we will be grateful in the name of Jesus. So my encouragement to us today is in spite of your kind of pain, if it is circumstantial, please continue to be grateful. Be thankful. So for some people, it's a mistake you made that's causing you the pain. Be thankful. God will come through for you. He will rectify the situation in the name of Jesus. Now, what's the second pain? We are quickly diving into it. The second one is relational pain. Relational pain. You know, circumstantial pain is things beyond your control, circumstances. Relational pain has to do with people. 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 It's more or less like long-suffering. You know why we did the teaching on long-suffering and we explained it? Relational pain has to do with people. Now, listen to me, children of God. We are going to read the scripture now and I pray in the name of Jesus that you get the understanding clearly and immediately and we can move on in this teaching. Let's open our Bibles. I want because you need to understand something that while you're on this earth, until Jesus comes, until you are raptured, until it's, it's the end of your days on earth, you will always meet with people that are not perfect. People will always offend. People will always do weird, strange, 
unbelievable things. But you ask why? You know, a lot of people ask the questions, why? Why are there so many wicked things happening in the world? Why, 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 why? Let's open our Bibles. I don't know how many of us, you know, during the last Bible study, took note of the scripture. You know, but I knew that the Spirit of God was one and he wanted us to hear it today. That scripture is from the book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 30. We are going to read it. Matthew 13, 24 to 30. You need to take note of this. We are going to read it together. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. Go on. But that night, as the workers slept, the enemy came and planted wheat among the wheat. Then slipped away. Go on. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the wheat also grew. Go on. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of wheat. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Shall we pull out the wheat, they asked. No, he replied. You will uproot the wheat if you do. But let both grow together until harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the wheat, tie them into bundles, and burn them and put the wheat in the barn. Let's move on to the meaning of that parable. Let's move on to the meaning. Matthew 13, same Matthew 13. You know, later on, the disciples went to meet Jesus and asked for the meaning. And he explained it to them. Thank God it was written in scriptures. Let's move on to 36 to 43. What does he say? Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Now listen, clearly, Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. Mm-hmm. The field is the world. And the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. Who are the good seeds? You and I. Say, I am a good seed. I am a good seed. What does the good seed mean? Later on, as we read, it means the wheat. I'm going to be using a lot of wheat and wheat in my explanation for a few minutes after this. Okay. The weeds are who? The people who belong to... Who are the people that belong to the evil one? Eh? No, no, I'm not saying like... I mean, who are the people that belong to the evil one in our world now? Who are the people? Unbelievers. There's no middle <laughs> Are you getting? Is that how you are a person of God or a person of the evil one? So even if, you are, if the person is good, kind, wonderful, everything, and is not of God, they belong to the evil one. We are going to get a few revelations from this scripture. The enemy who planted the wheat among the wheat is what? The devil. The harvest is what? The end of the world. And the harvesters are who? The angels. Just as the wheat are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. As long as we have weeds, the world will remain imperfect. As long as we have weeds, people will get on your nerves. As long as we have weeds, people will upset you. People will wrong you. You need to understand that clearly. People will cause you pain. Why? Weed. But you know one amazing thing I found out? Now, let me ask for those. Is there anyone that knows agriculture here? Is there anyone that knows that culture? Like, is there a way weed can be converted to a proper... You can't now. Weed is useless. But this kind of weed is different. We, as wheat, can actually change the weeds and bring them into the kingdom. (laughs) That's the thing. We, with our conduct as light, can actually impact and influence the weed. You know, because I was going to, uh, initially when I was studying it, I was like, ah, based on the analogy you just gave and the, and the example and based on the context of what we are saying, he said, the weed are the evil ones, the ones that are not of God. 
Oh, I'm meant to shine out light today. But you guess what? Some people will never listen. You will try. You will pray, preach, everything. They won't hear you. Their own job is to cause you pain. So how do you deal with those people? For those that the reason of their pain is relational, I pray in the name of Jesus that in spite of that pain, you will thank God. You know, the Bible now makes it difficult. When Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for those that persecute you. But you know, when you are thanking God, when you have the heart of gratitude, it becomes easier to do that. In fact, when you understand God a little more, you begin to pity those people. You know, because have you seen a man or a child, no, a man, let's use the man for analogy purposes, that jumps into a lion's cage and the lion is just sitting down. Why is the lion sitting down? Maybe the lion just had dinner, ate a lot. So just looking and pondering, wow, this person is really bold. And that man goes to the lion's cage and he's just smiling. You know, and the lion is sitting down and he starts shouting, Lion cannot take apple to me. And the man goes to the lion's mouth, starts rubbing the lion's head. And the lion is just wondering, looking at the arm, wow, see flesh. Looking at the tummy, wow, see flesh. And the lion is analyzing the man and the man is still there poking the lion. When you understand God, when you understand God, you begin to pity people that stand against you the way that lion will be looking at that person. That if only, if you are wise, you stop this nonsense. So if your heart is in that place, get what? You will not fight them. I pray God will take us beyond. <laughs> we'll be bigger people in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to talk about, you know, there was an article I saw about relational pain. And it spoke about three types of relational pain. And we're going to look at them very quickly. So that whichever category you belong to, God can begin to heal your heart. And while you remember the thing, for some people, you may need to bring, you may need to bring out the pain and hand it over to Jesus. And then give thanks and we move on today. The first kind of relational pain is relational pain from attacks. This has to do with people that have or intend to cause you great pain. There are some people that... We just be out to. Have you ever seen someone? I've, I've seen those kind of people that would just say, Have you met anyone that would just say, you, you are just, I just hate you. I don't like you at all. They just, it's either they just don't like the way you're always happy or the way you dress, the way you're always looking. I remember in secondary school, I had someone like that. I, oh, come on, he just came in one time. You're always happy. I just hate you. I, I, I said, You can't. In my mind, I'm like, How can you hate somebody for nothing? And this guy was always on my disturbing me. Anyway, let's leave that aside. There are people that just want to cause you pain. If I don't, they don't like scrape my head because I used to have a garden. When I scrape my head, I'll, I'll cover my head like this with the back of my palm. I mean, with my palm, just so that the guy doesn't. I know he will come from somewhere and eat my head. It was just a pain in my, you know, it was just a pain in my life. There are people, I mean, of course, that's the child kind of one. As I know, there are people. The funny thing is sometimes you don't even know them. Sometimes they don't come clear to you. Pain as a result of attack. You know, Paul, Paul experienced that kind of thing. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, 14 to 15, it says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him. <laughs> ah, for Paul to have prayed this prayer. <laughs> The guy must have offended him. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. What goes on after that? Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. There are people that will fight against everything you say. There are people that will fight against everything you stand for. In your place of work, in your family, amongst friends. There are people that will be that. And sometimes 
they eventually those things translate to pain. For some other people, it's 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 even people you love. Someone you love, someone that is a family member, and all that just wants to cause you pain. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. You know the story of David. I'm sure we know the story of David in the book of 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 to 8. David had gone to battle. He wanted to go fight with the Philistines. If you go to this chapter before, he wanted to go fight with the Philistines with his men. And the king of the Philistines said, They don't want David to go with them. I mean, the, the, the main, sorry, the king of Philistines wanted David to go, but the, the, like the generals and the officers around him said, No, they don't want David and his men. That if they get to battle, David can turn his back on them and fight them. So David was quite pained. So he had gone to battle to, with his men to fight for the Philistines because they kept him. They were, these, they were like the people keeping him and his men. They gave him a home. They gave him a place to stay. So he said, I'm loyal to you, king. I will fight your battles with you. But the people now said, you know what? You can't fight with us. Go back. Now David went back. And when he got back to his place, he saw that their families had been captured. Now David's men, I mean, <laughs> when one part of that story, the Bible says that David, they wept. They were in deep anguish. You know, there's a difference between anguish and weeping. Anguish is when you cry to the point that you have no, you can't even, you have no, no sound comes out, no tears again. That's anguish. They said they were in deep anguish. And David began to notice that the men were planning within themselves to stone him. My question was, in, in the midst of the trouble that was not David's fault, they now wanted to stone him. Now, who are the men? I'm sure in your mind you'll have said, ah, but David is a strong person. The kind of men David carried were equally, they were very, very, Talented. There's one of them, I can't remember his name. The Bible records him as killing 300 men with a, with a bow. Or with a spear. 300 men in battle. So they were the Bible was talking about how skillful they were. These were men that David was testing. They broke into the enemy's camp to get water. I mean, but when I now look at the situation, these are strong men. So what will make them come and start weeping in deep anguish? Because their family is gone. There are some pains you feel that you forget your capacity. There are some pains that you feel that you forget everything that you have achieved. There are some pains you feel that you forget what God has done for you in the past. These are skillful men. Why? Is, I thought the first thing they would do would be to go on their houses and chase after these guys. But David had God. He was a man of God. What did he say? He went to God. He told the prophet, bring the effort. I want to hear from God. And he asked God, shall I go? Let's quickly, I'll, I'll quickly look at And the Bible says, and David asked the Lord. This is, um, it's actually, Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. I pray that in your pain, in your season of pain, you will have <laughs> the ability to reach out to God, to know your next steps in the name of Jesus. Then the Bible tells us later how David went and he captured everything and his men and they were all fully restored that's relational i'm just giving an example of relational pain from attacks attacks are people that come your enemies people come for you and the pain you feel when they do whatever whatever they do to you god is saying in spite of that pain be grateful the second category of relational pain is relational pain from betrayal this one is one of the worst that can happen because it happens with people that you trust relational pain from betrayal this is the kind of pain that is felt when the, wife, when the husband cheats on the wife. When the wife cheats on the husband. This is the kind of relationship that is felt when someone jilts you. You are dating someone you've been dating for years and the person says, you know what? We are no more compatible. And you begin to wonder, when we started the relationship, you are the one saying how God made both of us as rib and bone, as everything together. You are the one saying, you will die if you don't see me. You are the one saying all those things. 
Now we are not compatible. And guys, the worst part of it is when you have invested. I've seen people, uh, there was a case of a young lady that in Canada that the, guy, the boyfriend jilted. I mean, I, that's when I began to understand the kind of pain people feel. She went to park on a rail track. Thank God that God saved her before she, the, the, the train came. She was ready to kill herself. Why? She had invested in the relationship. So I don't know if there's anyone here that, you know, you've... <laughs> what you're experiencing is pain from betrayal. Someone you loved, they turned their backs against you. I pray the God of heaven himself will heal your heart in the mighty name of Jesus. God is saying in spite of the pain, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. You know, if you look at Joseph, there's a part of Joseph's story that I always wonder to myself. The Bible says in the book of Genesis 37, 28, it says, so when the Ishmaelites who were Midianite traders came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Now, let me tell you something. If Joseph felt his brothers could do that much evil to him, he wouldn't have gone to the to meet them. How many of us know that? Joseph could not have expected it. Worst case, maybe we'll have thought, oh, they will beat me. He didn't expect those kind of things from his brothers. Can you imagine what Joseph would have been saying when they were going to sell him? I can imagine I was Joseph. I would have been shouting, please, he will call out their names, please, please, I'm, I'm your brother, please. Betrayal. You know, a lot of us look at the story of Jesus and Judas, and because Jesus is Jesus, you don't understand what he will have felt with the betrayal. So because he knew he was going to be betrayed, do you know the pain he will have felt for someone he raised, his disciple? May you never experience betrayal in the name of Jesus. It's one of the greatest pains that one can handle. What's betrayal? Betrayal is... <laughs> it's when someone you trust. For some people, it's someone they trusted in their lives. An uncle, a father, a brother, a cousin, a teacher. For ladies especially that raped them. Even guys that took advantage of them, that molested them. That is betrayal. That is betrayal. God is saying, if that is what you are going through now, I am available for you. I am available for you. I will heal you. I will help you through the situation. But in it, be thankful. What is the cause of your pain? What is the reason for the pain? God is saying in the midst of the pain, be thankful, be thankful. Now the third one and the final one, where we'll be ending today, is the relational pain from no-shows. No-shows. That's N-O, then shows. S-H-O-W-S. What does this mean? Who are no-shows? So these people are not friends per se or enemies per se. They are not close family members that can betray you. These are people that know your story. or They are not a part of your story, but they know your story. But, and they should be able to do something, but they refuse to do anything. That can be painful. These are people that should be able to help you, but refuse to help you. That's another kind of pain. For some people, you may say, ah, can I really be pained by that? May God not let you experience it. May God not let you experience it. In the name of Jesus. A lot of times, people... That, you know, maybe you, you share your experience, you do something, or you expect someone to stand up, to come through for you in a situation, and they just turn their backs. That is painful. And that affects relationship. That's the relational pain. I mean, people, you know when we spoke about long-suffering, we explained that in long-suffering, the difference between long-suffering and patience is that long-suffering has to do with people. Patience is being patient in a circumstance. With long-suffering, you are going through it. How are you going through it? In the midst of that process, 
People begin to say things. People begin to mock you. May God not, experience, may God not let you experience mockery in your place of pain. A man that used to have a good job, that lost his job, maybe took care of his, used to be a responsible person with, with his family before when he had the job, and all of a sudden loses the job, and he's trying to get himself together, and the wife, he's already in pain. Then the wife comes home and says, you're as big as you are. As tall as you are. God not even made you black. You are tall, black, and handsome for nothing. Thank God I'm not a woman. And my mouth will be shy. <laughs> I just came up with it too. I've never heard that one before. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> God forgive us. <laughs> I'm just telling you. But that's so you're already in pain. Then they add something to it. They tune it up. Relational pain. A lot of times it makes it more unbearable. I don't know what you're going through. Or maybe for some people, it's even style. You know, people sometimes I pray God to give us wisdom in the name of Jesus. For some people that are trusting God, maybe oh, you, you, you are trusting God that oh, you want a life partner and all that. And the kind of every situation, every landmark of your life, people are calling you, my sister, it is your time for this thing. It is your time. That thing itself can be can add to the pain. I know people that, I, I know, I counsel a few people that, are, that have been trusting God and all that. Their birthday is always not easy for them. Why? Say, you don't go out. You only stay, you're always indoors. Go out so that you can, they will start, they become professionals. So the person that is already in pain, trusting off a life partner, they're adding to the pain. For some people, people will actually use it against them. They make a mistake or they offend someone and the person says, that's why you're not yet married. Those things happen. That's the truth. Now when those things come, a lot of times you don't realize the pain that you feel, but you just know that it spoils your mood. And until God lifts you out, you just know that you are not just the way you should be. I want to encourage you today. I don't know your situation. I don't know the cause of the pain. I want to encourage you that in spite of that pain, be grateful. I want to assure you that the God of heaven himself will lift you out in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, it says, at first, there was no one I could count on faithfully to stand with me. This was Paul speaking to Timothy. They all ran off and abandoned me. But don't hold this against them. Listen to what he said. At first, there was no one I could count on to faithfully stand with me. They all ran off and abandoned me. But don't hold this against them. You may not understand what, what Paul went to, but let me bring it home. As a pastor, we are out here saying we love God. We all have meetings. We say we want to, maybe Canada says don't preach the gospel again. We are no more, there's no more, we are no more allowing anyone to preach the gospel as a country, and we, we all stand and say we are children of God, that we will serve God. Then we have a program. Maybe we have it outdoors or something. And, I mean, <laughs> and maybe the pastors of the pulpit preaching, you just, people just hear, bow, bow, hear the police sound, and the church becomes empty. People move, they will leave their cars, they just disappear, or they go in their cars and they drive off. And as the pastor, you're like, uh-uh, well, these are people that we should all stand together. Paul's own was even a bit more, a bit, a bit more serious, because the kind of persecution they were facing was the one that you know you could die. So you go minister somewhere, you expect people to come with you, you expect people to join you in the work you are doing to make it easier and faster. But they all run and you are alone to do that work. That's what happened. And these people you expect are not baby Christians. These are people that are standing in God. 
So I don't know what that project is that you wanted to do. Or what's that situation in your life that you felt someone could help, an uncle should help. One thing I want to encourage you is stop focusing on man. For those that their relational pain is through no-shows, please take your eyes away from those people. The God of heaven himself will help you. How he will do it is not your business. One thing I know for sure is that he will help you. And I pray that we will all receive help from God in the mighty name of Jesus. Paul now went on in verse 17 to say, For in spite of this, my Lord himself stood with me, empowering me to complete my ministry of preaching to all non-Jewish nations, so they all could hear the message and be delivered from the mouth of the lion. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, that in spite of your pain, the Lord God will stand with you, and he will deliver you from it in Jesus' mighty name. To round up this teaching, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says that we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God and to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. I want to encourage you today that in that situation, in spite of the pain, realize that God is working for your good. And I pray that God will turn your story around for good in Jesus' mighty name. But in the midst of the pain, stop, stop, stop being ungrateful. Stop being bitter. Stop being sad. Put on a garment of thanksgiving and be thankful in it. Why are you going to be thankful? Because God commands you to be thankful. You don't need to know the reason. You don't need to know the, 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 the theory behind it. You don't need to know whatever it is. Just because God has said so, we will be thankful. And if you are going to praise God, you say, Lord, because you said I should be thankful, because you said I should be thankful, even though this situation does not look so good, I am thankful. Let's bow down our head right now and begin to talk to God. I say, Father, I'm thankful. I want you to raise that pain as, an, as, as, as a sacrifice unto God. Take it out. Open it up. I say, Lord, yes, I experienced this. I know that I should be feeling this way. Lord, but in spite of my feeling, I say thank you. Thank you for all you have done. Thank you because I know that you are at work. Thank you because I know that I will not always be at this level. Thank you because I know that the pain is not permanent. Thank you because I know that you are bringing me out of that dungle. You are bringing me out of that situation. Lord, thank you for the confidence I have, Lord, that I am free from this pain. I give it unto you as an offering, Lord. I lift that pain to you, Lord. I choose to be thankful. I choose to be happy. I choose to, be, to, 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 to look at the future with anticipation of what you are set to do. I refuse to be bitter. I refuse to be, to, to be consumed with strife and revenge. I refuse to be consumed with bitterness. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. You know, there's this song that says, You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You know, I just, for those that are in pain or that are going through one form of pain or the other right now, I just want you to sing that song to God and lift the burden, cast the burden upon Him. And He Himself will come through for you in the name of Jesus. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my own. In all seeking you as seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'll be a fool. 
Lord, I pray that you forgive me the sins that I've committed in the past. Lord, I'm ready to begin a new life. Today, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I begin a new work today. All things have passed away. I am now in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your children that have come to you. Lord, we pray that because your word says, whoever comes to you, you shall in no wise cast away. That as they have come to you today, Lord, you will receive them. That you will cause them to begin to have a transformed life. That you begin to walk with them, Lord. And let your name be perfectly praised in their lives. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, for as many people as are here today and are saying, Lord, I give my pain to you. Yes, I have been wronged. Yes, I have been betrayed. But I'm handing it over to you today. I'm ready to have a heart of gratitude. Lord, I pray that you will receive this pain. You will receive these burdens from them. That you will bear the burdens for them, Lord. That you will pull them to yourself. That you will comfort them. That you will heal their hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. I just want every one of us to just wave our hands. I just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Open your mouth and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For where I am, thank you, Lord. For where I started from, thank you, Lord. For the things you have done in my life, thank you, Lord. Lord, for those good times, thank you. For the not-so-good times, thank you. Just say thank you to God. I want you to look back at the beginning of this year. You must find things to say thank you to God for. Lord, thank you for how far you have brought me. Thank you for your blessings I've received. Thank you for the lives of your children. Thank you, Lord, for new levels. Thank you for new jobs. Thank you, Lord, for new homes. Thank you, Lord, for new children. Thank you, Lord, for destinies that were realigned. Thank you for the captives that you set free. Thank you, Lord, for the oppressed that you delivered. Lord, we are grateful, we are grateful. For where we are, we are grateful. Thank you for all that you have done. Lord, we come with a heart of gratitude today to say thank you. In the midst of everything, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Honor and adoration we give unto you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you glory, Lord. We ask that you'll accept our thanksgiving, Lord. Thank you for what you are doing, Lord. You are indeed a faithful Father. In, this, in spite of the pain, in spite of the disappointments, in spite of the struggles, in spite of the betrayals, Lord, we say thank you. Thank you because we know we have a future and a bright hope in you. Thank you, Lord, because we know that our tomorrow will be better than our today. Honor and adoration we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. 